Hey guys, in here coming up on A to Z, an update on Dansby Swanson and will he be back with the Braves? Plus, the Hawks fall flat and the story of an NFL star. That's next, right here on A to Z. This is A to Z with Mark Zinno, part of Locked On Sports Atlanta. How did we get here? If you're not the number one pick, guess what? You have no guarantee. That's where you are. And it starts. Does that make me a genius? Yes. Now. Good afternoon. Welcome to A to Z here on Locked On Sports Atlanta, where today I tell you we're not any closer. Welcome in. We are live here on this Thursday as we approach the end of the week. Appreciate you guys joining me. As you do every day, give us a follow on Twitter at Locked On ETL. Of course, I'm at Mark Zinno, M-A-R-K-Z-I-N-N-O. Don't forget to uh, download that Roku TV, uh, Amazon Fire Stick, wherever you get your Roku TV. Uh, Locked on Sports Atlanta all across Roku TV and subscribe to the YouTube channel as well. Give it a like and a thumbs up to the content there. Uh, but much to do today here and start with the Atlanta Braves because we are no closer to finding out if Dansby Swanson is going to be back in a Braves uniform this year. What do we know at this point in time? Xander Bogarts, uh, one of the other major shortstops who's on the free agent market, agrees to a deal with the Padres, 11 years, $280 million. Uh, and so we're still waiting. Carlos Correa is still out there. Dansby Swanson is still out there. And those four, uh, along with, well, we all forget Trey Turner, of course, but, you know, those four shortstops were the prize of the free agent market at that position. And we're no closer to knowing whether Dansby is going to be back or not. Um, and it's interesting because, you know, as you get deeper into this thing, a lot of us start to go one way or another. It's like, well, if he hasn't signed by now, chances are he's probably not going to, or the feeling of the longer he's out there, maybe the better off it is because nobody else is really courting him. You know, you start to see these deals happen and teams strike. We saw yesterday Aaron Judge deal finally got done. And it's like, okay, you know, if, if we don't get a deal done by the end of the winter meetings, it's like, well, what are we really doing? Like, how long is this going to take? And, you know, winter meetings are going to close up here in the next 24 hours. And so it's like, uh... Who knows what's next? I mean, look, the Braves have internal options. We've discussed this before. Whether it's Vaughn Grissom or Orlando Arcia, the Braves have internal options. Um, the, the general sense that if the Braves don't get Dansby back, um, if they didn't want to spend what Dansby wanted on him, why would they spend more on Carlos Correa? Well, you could argue because Carlos Correa is a better player. Uh, I think there's a fair argument to that. But, you know, again, um, I always say this, this is about as much fit as it is necessarily talent, aptitude, and ability. You know, I, I've always said that fit outweighs talent because teams that win championships have the right guys and the right fit. Like Dansby was not the best player on the Braves championship team. Just wasn't. And, and frankly, he's never going to be the best player on this Braves team. Not when you got guys like, you know, Ronald Acuna Jr. And, and athletes like Michael Harris and starters like Spencer Strider and, and Max Fried running around. Like, Dansby's never going to be the top key piece of a championship team. That's okay. You know, uh, it, it's just one of those things where these guys are vital and, and you don't underscore what they are. They're about fit. Some of it is clubhouse-driven. Some of it is on-the-field-driven. It's, it's just about fit. You know, I mean, I, again, I just – not to, not to relate it to a, a situation a lot of you can't understand or a team you never rooted for, but you know, that was like Bernie Williams with the Yankees. He was never the best player on that team. He was re really, really good, but he was always just a guy who was about fit, played a great center field, was awesome in the clubhouse, stole bases, moved guys over, like did every little thing you wanted a baseball player to do. 
um, and, and was a real glue piece to uh, a, a core of championships that the team won. That's what Dansby is. Dansby's a guy that if you get him and you re-sign him back here, when the Braves win multiple championships, Dansby is going to be the guy uh, that you're always looking back to going, you don't do it without him. There's no way you can. Other pieces and players come in and out. Other guys have more value at times. Their, their, their spike is higher as far as what they mean. Uh, their, their numbers go even but the consistency and the reliability of a guy like Dansby is what you can't underscore and why it's so important for them to bring him back. Now, in this day and age, no one really cares, um, you know, if players leave as much as they used to, right? We understand it's part of the deal. Like there's, there's no getting around it. You know, guys are just going to go and move on as they want to go and move on. And that may be the case for Dansby. Um, I, I think Braves fans should be sad. I think Braves fans should be disappointed. But in the same respect, you know, this is a, a young man who's earned the right to decide where he wants to play for the better part of the next phase of his career, if not the rest of his career. We hope it's here in Atlanta, but if it's not, I, I think Braves fans should understand. Uh, and you move and you move forward. And not only that, you've got the right GM in place to fix whatever those issues are. Um, and, and you see players move forward, as we saw yesterday. Kenley Jansen agrees to a deal with the Red Sox. This is the guy who led the National League in saves last year. I know a lot of Braves fans were maligned on him at points during the year where he struggled and uh, thought he should have been pulled, which was ridiculous. That said, uh, he moves on. And so what does Alex Anthopoulos do? Immediately strikes a sort of under-the-radar deal as they get Joe Jimenez from the Tigers. Why he's not Jose, I'm not sure. But Joe Jimenez from the Tigers, who's an ex-All-Star. Um, and he's only 28 years old. So, you know, you're going to get this guy for three or four years, maybe, if you can keep him here. Um, but, you know, that's the kind of piece in your bullpen that when you lose a guy like Jansen, this is where you supplement. Now, the Braves do need a closer still, and how they're going to play that, who really knows? Iglesias seems like the natural fit uh, and the guy that you're going to transition to. But, you know, there's still a whole lot of working left to be done. Um, and, and you sort of have to do things in priority uh, or as they come up, like had Jansen not signed and, and waited out there, could the Braves have re-signed him and allowed him to come back on, on a different deal? Would they have taken it? Yeah, I think they would have. But Jansen had other deals, so Alex Anthopoulos has to react accordingly. And, and that's how the rest of this cycle is going to go. Uh, again, I said, like I said yesterday, I, I truly believe that Dansby has an offer from the Braves, and he's just weighing out whatever is left of his other options and trying to decide what he wants to do. Maybe he's calling the Braves up, much like we found out after the fact with the Freddie Freeman thing, calling the Braves up and saying, can you get here? Maybe he's calling another team up saying, can you get here? Or maybe he's just, you know, talking it over with his family and loved ones and friends and whatever else and trying to figure out what he wants to do with the next, you know, seven to 10 years of his life. All those things are possible. But I think, again, the Braves are in a situation where uh, you lose Dansby. You're still going to be very good. You'll still be a favorite to win the NL East. But it's just going to feel and look a little bit different. Um, and, and that doesn't exactly preclude them from finding a suitable replacement that certainly production-wise can do what Dansby did, but, you know, also fill some shoes in another direction. It just kind of all depends on this whole thing shakes out. I don't think you should write it off one way or another. I think absolutely it is a, a situation where when you look at it from the Brave standpoint, clearly they want him back. He, Dansby said he wants to be back, but. Um, you know, there's got to be wheels in motion for plan B and whatever is next, whether that is Orlando, Arcia, 
or Vaughn Grissom. And as I've said, I don't think Vaughn Grissom, they feel, is the everyday starter. I think that would be something that he would have to morph into. I think they go with Arcia and Grissom, you know, may even start the season in AAA again and start to have to work his way up depending on the other needs. You know, they may have more arms in a bullpen that they need uh, or they need another outfielder, may want a fourth outfielder to figure out what that rotation is going to look like, you know, whether Ozuna and everybody else and, you know, all those other guys are hanging around. We'll, we'll have to wait and see. So still plenty more left to do for the Atlanta Braves. All right. Um, I want to spend some more time on contracts because, again, there was an interesting tweet I saw yesterday that that was uh, begs a question about, you know, what you do with contracts and trades uh, as well. We'll get to the Hawks. But first, a word from our friends at betonline.net. Fastest and easiest way to check in on all your sports betting needs. Find all your favorite sports and events at the number one online source for odds, lines, and games. There's news and reviews of every league. We have the NFL, of course, bowl season coming up for college football, Major League Baseball, NBA, NHL, combat sports, esports, even golf. BetOnline continues to be the top online resource for all your sports wagering information. From live in-game betting, podcast scores, they've got you covered with all of it. Head to bet online today or use your mobile device to learn more about the action happening today. Bet online where the game starts. No Falcons game this weekend, so you get a little bit of a lighter load uh, for our good buddy Aaron Freeman, who is the host of Locked on Falcons right here. And we appreciate you guys making that the first listen. For your next listen, check out the Locked on Sports Today podcast, biggest stories of the day, plus instant reactions, big game recaps, and the take of the day. It's available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcast. All right. Um, this I thought was interesting. You know how I've talked about uh, a little bit about, uh, you know, the the deals that Alex Anthopoulos has signed um, and, you know, of all the big deals that he signed, the six of them to these, to these younger players, uh, it was one of those things where, you know, if half of them went through to fruition, you know, I, I would can, I would consider that a raging success. Um, you know, I, I think that that still holds true, but I saw a tweet from Michael David Smith, um, yesterday. He writes for pro football, right? He's still a pro football talk. Yeah. He's the managing editor of pro football talk. Um, and he tweeted out yesterday that Jared Goff is a better quarterback than Matthew Stafford right now. Younger, healthier, and cheaper. And the Lions will get a top five pick in the Rams in the 2023 draft. The Rams winning the Super Bowl is an all-time example of the results working out on a fundamentally bad trade. Um, you know, it's interesting that, you know, you take that 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 stance. And uh, I saw a couple of Falcons fans, um, you know, yesterday talking about how uh, they gladly would have traded, um, gladly would have traded, you know, made a trade like that to, to get a Super Bowl and, and deal with it. And Braves fans would have said the same thing prior to 2021. They would have sold their soul, uh, and their fortunes in there to, to get a championship and not worry about it. And it's funny how you always grade trades in hindsight and you grade deals in hindsight. And that's always what you do. That's that's part of it. I mean, it's it's really one of those things where we all do the same thing. We look at it after we have some more information and we look at, oh, OK, yeah, um, you know, there is a certain amount of, of uh, you know, hindsight being 2020 that we do with all this stuff. But again, uh, it's as the Braves go through this thing and as as you start to see the next couple of years play out we'll start to weigh out whether the Acuna deal was good 
Um, the the Albies deal was good. The Austin Riley deal was good. You know, in the big picture, you'll say as the market continues to move forward around the deals that they signed, they'll never be terrible based off of the value of the price that they got them at. Because again, what third basemen are making? So the fact that they got that Austin Riley for twenty one million a year. Um, the way it really goes bad is if he just totally, totally tanks or gets injured to the point where he can't play anymore. You know, this is a certain um, this is a certain amount of, of you know, uh, as the market moves forward, you look at these guys and you go, OK, as long as they're performing at a certain level, what you're paying for the value of the contract is worth it. And I, I think that's fair. But, you know, again. When you choose to lock these guys up where they are because they're cheap, there's a tendency to hold on to uh, a guy longer than you should. You're afraid to cut bait. When guys are over expensive, you're not afraid to get out of the deal real quickly because, um, you know, you, you all of a sudden just need to move on. Right. Uh, but when guys are a little less expensive, you hang on to them a little bit longer. And that's the danger with some of these deals that the Braves have put together is that you may hang on to them a little bit longer than. Uh, than you thought you wanted to. But again, we'll see. Um, I just thought it was interesting in, in grading that trade a year later and already saying that the Lions had won the trade. Um, and, you know, you could also argue that you'll have to wait and see what they get for that that pick, right? Uh, to really value whether they won the trade or not because the Cleveland Browns got a lot of top draft picks and trades. And guess what? They still haven't figured it out, right? Like they still haven't really figured it all out whether they've, now, again, you look what the Dolphins did, what they turned around all their trades into, you know, Jalen Waddell and Tua and everything else. They look like they're they're getting closer, but still it's a little bit early to, to grade whether their deals went the right way. They feel like they did. They look like they did, but it, it might be a little bit early to figure out 100% whether they did. All right, let's pivot here from uh, trades to the Hawks last night who fell majorly, majorly flat. Uh, in a game against the New York Knicks, it was bad. It was ugly all around. Um, Trey Young was 9 for 20. He was 0 for 4 from 3. The team shot 37% from the field, 16% from deep. And they got waxed last night by the Knicks in New York. Now, they were shorthanded. Deontay Murray uh, left the game after four minutes of playing due to an ankle sprain. He didn't return. They were without John Collins and DeAndre Hunter. Um, they were already playing shorthanded. And... Nate McMillan had to go deep into his rotation. I think he played 11 guys, 12 guys last night for at least six minutes. Even Frank Kaminsky got in there for crying out loud. So uh, it was it was not a good night for the Atlanta Hawks. Um, Bogey Bogdanovich, who came out the other night draining threes all over the place. Yeah, he was 0 for 10 last night. <laughs> 3 for 16 from the field and 0 for 10 on, uh, on three-pointers. Yeah, was, that, that's not uh, – it's a tough one there, Bogey. Uh, not your night. You'll have to bounce back. So uh, tough all around. They take a loss. They get a night off. They have to go face the Brooklyn Nets next. And again, uh, you know, how will you respond? You're sort of waiting for Trey to have that game like he had against the Sacramento Kings, you know, where he's just coming out making everything and puts the team on his back for a long stretch and they end up playing a great game and, and winning and uh, not seeing that yet. I, I, I'm probably focusing on Trey too much. I fully admit that. Like, I, I genuinely admit that I'm probably putting too much on Trey and focusing on him way too much because I think that in general, um, we do that with stars. But 
Um, I'm, I'm not going to be saddled. I'm not going to sit well with the way he handled that whole little exchange and not, uh, you know, 100% being accountable for what, uh, what, what he had done or what had gone on again. All, like I said, all he had to say in general was, Hey, you know, uh, I take accountability for my part in this whole thing, you know, and, and leave it at that. And, and he never did that. So. Uh, we sit here again with the Hawks now, a game above 500 and sort of trending in the wrong direction. I mean, it's by no means is any of this damning for the rest of the season. It's one of these stretches you may look back on um, when you've lost five of the last seven against bad teams, the Rockets, uh, the Thunder, the Knicks. Uh, Heat were below 500 when you played them. Um, you know, it. it this is where you start to realize that, you know, uh, these wins matter. When you get to the end of the season, you're struggling for positioning and seeding, or, or even a, a case like last year, just to get into the play-in tournament. Uh, yeah, these are the stretches you wish you had played a little bit better. So uh, we'll see. And again, it's not exactly like we have any real clarity on where anybody is in the standings right now. You know, I mean, the Hawks currently sit in the five seed. Um, they'll play the Brooklyn Nets a half game behind them. They could jump to the four seed, but you start to see the line is starting to get clear uh, at the top of the Eastern Conference with Boston, Milwaukee, and Cleveland all playing better than you know winning sixty four percent of their games, and then you get you know the fifty three percent and below where the teams that are hovering just around five hundred everywhere else in the East. So um, that line is starting to come to fruition as you get through a quarter of the season. All right. Um, very interesting column I saw on ESPN.com that just reminded me of something, um, and we'll discuss it next. First, a word from our friends at Built Bar. If you haven't tried Built Bar Puffs, uh, they are amazing. You're probably depriving yourself of one of life's greatest joys. They got a new flavor. It's cookie dough chunk, uh, light, chewy texture, real chunks of cookie dough, and they're covered in 100% real chocolate. Best part about these things is they're so healthy for you. Just 160 calories, 15 grams of protein in them. Delicious, tasty, satisfies all those cravings of that sweet tooth that you have. Go to Built.com, order a box, share it with the family, put it in your office, leave some in your car. Great for a snack on the go in between meals or something late at night if you got a sweet tooth and uh, you want something sweet before you uh, decide to, to go, go to sleep but don't want all the guilt of it and don't want it to sit in your stomach. Well, that's where Built Bar Puffs Cookie Dough Chunk come in. Again, go to Built.com, use the promo code LOCKEDON15 to get 15% off your first order. Again. Uh, built.com in the promo code locked on 15. All right. Uh, before we get to a uh, story of an NFL star that I have a, I've had a wild man crush on for years now. If you know, followed me, you know exactly what I'm talking about. First time for a shovel of wisdom. Brace yourselves because it's time for the shovel of wisdom. Yeah, you know how we do it every day. We reward somebody for saying or doing something stupid with a shovel of wisdom right upside their head. You can do so on my Twitter account at Mark Zinno, M-A-R-K-Z-I-N-N-O. And of course, use the hashtag shovel of wisdom. And today my shovel goes to the Golden State Warriors. Yeah, uh, sure, not a lot of us watched the uh, Utah Jazz Golden State Warriors game last night. But Golden State Warriors held a four-point lead with the Utah Jazz with just 13 seconds Um remaining in the game and somehow over the next 13 seconds lost that game. Uh, here's how it went. 
Kelly Olenek uh, of the of the Utah Jazz inbounded the ball to Nick Alexander Walker, uh, worked his way around Moses Moody, drove to the hoop, it looked like a wide open layup. But Alexander Walker passed the ball to Malik Beasley, who snuck away from Clay Thompson uh, down in the corner and nailed the three, um, bringing the game to with one with 7.8 seconds left. Uh, Thompson said he fell asleep, you know, just lost his guy. After the timeout, Ty Jerome inbounded the ball to Jordan Poole. Alexander Walker and Olenek hounded Poole, knocked the ball out of his hands uh, and got it to Beasley. Uh, and then with four seconds left on the clock, Beasley took several dribbles and then bounced the pass to Simone Fontecchio, who dunked it uh, and gave the Jazz the lead and the win. The Jazz were 1-718 and when trailing by at least four points in the final 10 seconds of the fourth quarter of the past 25 seasons. And, uh, yeah. They're now two and 718. So hard to lose a game with four seconds left uh, when you're up by two possessions. Uh, but nonetheless, it happened. And it must have been a uh, elation for the Utah Jazz. Sorry, I don't really know what that feels like at times. But anyway, not sure if you guys had seen uh, the column by Seth Wickersham on uh, Andrew Luck. This stuff is always amazing to me. And this was great. Uh, Seth Wickersham. I mean, excellent writer. He's a great storyteller. Um, but, you know, if you didn't read this column on Andrew Luck, uh, go do yourself a favor, a favor and read it. It's long. It's, like, lengthy. Um, but it, it's it's you get caught up in the story of the whole thing. And, boy, man, uh, I had – if you guys have followed me, you know, for years, I had talked about uh, Andrew Luck, and I had – you know, people said, you have a huge man crush on I did. It was just – he was the most talented quarterback I had seen um, since the quarterbacks of the eighties, right. Since the Elways and Marinos of the world, like he just wowed me from the beginning. Like he was more talented to me than like Peyton Manning and, and Tom Brady. Like he just, you know, Manning and Brady were, were, were always great, but luck for whatever reason was just fantastic. Uh, I, I fell in love with this skill set immediately. And all that said, you realize the mental torment that he went through and, and how much we, I remember I was on the air when he announced that he retired. Um, and I was, I was, you know, um, getting set to, to do a show. And that night that he retired, it was just like, wow, the whole world was shocked and, and you know, nobody, uh, expected it, but it was one of those things where people just really rode the guy hard. Um, that that you know ultimately uh was embarrassing in retrospect because you, you realize how much pain physical pain the guy was in how much emotional torment he was in in torn be between being you know this quarterback that you get stuck being right because the identity and that's a big that's one of the big things i took away from the piece the identity of being a high level quarterback in, in the nfl is really really tough man um we, we think it's easy and it looks easy from the outside. And a lot of these guys make it look easy. But ultimately, you know, this is uh, for certain guys, it's not all that easy. There's a lot that goes into it. There's a lot of, of emotional and mental stress that luck was under. And you may be saying right now, oh, stop it. You know, like, dear Lord, he's getting paid millions of dollars. You're right, he is. And, and, and that's part of it that comes with it. But some people handle it better than others. And, and I wouldn't say that Andrew Luck couldn't handle it. I just, you know, when his body was in that much pain and betraying him, Remember, this is a guy who had a, had a ruptured spleen. He had a torn labrum. Um, he had problems in his ankle and his shin, like, all at the same time. And he's out there just playing like nothing is wrong. 
and, and we take that for granted as fans so much. We take that for granted. You know, the amount of physical pain these guys are in. Look, I don't know about you guys, okay? I'm in my early 40s. Um, my body is betraying me now due to, you know, 20 years of the military, a couple of years of combat, and just physical beating up my body, constant working out and everything else. And, you know, you start to realize every day you wake up and you're in pain somewhere. Uh, and, and for those guys, it must be amplified more. I assume it is. But uh, that's a, not a fun existence, man. Not being able to just get up and walk around the house without being in some sort of physical pain really sucks. And there's no pressure on me other than to be a dad and, you know, uh, take care of my home. But, you know, when you are have, have a, a billion-dollar franchise and, you know, millions of fans and everything else that are all counting on you to and, and 52 other guys in a locker room that are looking at you to be the guy, that's, that's a lot of pressure. Some guys handle it well. Some guys handle it different. I'm not going to say anybody doesn't handle it well, but because I can't relate, you know, all I can do is empathize. But uh, I, I would I would say that Andrew Luck handled it as good as he could, but eventually just had to come to a decision like, hey, man, I don't want to handle this anymore. That's fair. That's totally fine. Uh, and I don't think anybody should ever uh, look sideways at a guy like that for understanding where he was, uh, understanding what he wanted, and, and 100% just like, hey, I'm done. Um, so it's a really good article. Go check it out. You guys might not be your cup of tea, but it was mine. Uh, I certainly enjoyed the, the, the column. And because of my affinity for Andrew Luck, uh, I, it, was, it was a great read for me. But I think you learn a lot about the mental psyche of quarterbacks and football players and professional athletes in general. I think that's, that's worth it. So, you know, again, go check out uh, Seth Brickersham's article on ESPN.com. If you want to check out anything Falcons-related, you go listen to Locked on Falcons. Uh, we want to thank you guys for making that your first listen. For your next listen, check out the Locked on Sports Today podcast. Biggest stories of the day plus instant reactions, big game recaps, and the take of the day. It's available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts. That'll do it for us today here on this Thursday edition of AZ. Appreciate you guys joining me again. Follow me on Twitter at Mark Zeno. Follow us at Locked on ATL. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. Download Roku TV wherever you get it, and uh, make sure you guys check out Lockdown Sports Atlanta there as well. Back tomorrow for a Football Friday. We'll get your picks set up for the weekend, including a preview of Army-Navy. Yes, the most important football game of the year, at least for this guy. That's tomorrow on A to Z. You guys have a wonderful Thursday. Don't take any crap from anybody. See you.